Hey everyone, this week I've got a Profit First authorized coach. Hey everyone, it's uh, David Barnett from davidcbarnett.com, the blog site, YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Amazon podcast show where I talk about buying, selling, and financing small and medium-sized businesses. This week, I'm lucky to have Rocky Lalvani with me, who is, uh, as I said, a Profit First authorized practitioner. Uh, we're going to be talking about Profit First and a little bit about the book. He's also the host of his own podcast, Profit Answer Man, and uh, can be found over at ProfitComesFirst.com. Um, and Rocky, you're the first person that gets to be on my show with my new camera. Is you look good. You look <laughs> phenomenal, David. <laughs> Thank you very much. That's, that's what I was looking for. I was fishing for a compliment. Um, so, <laughs> Rocky, um, you know, we're recording this on November the 2nd, and so I guess the first question that everyone's going to want to know is who do you think will win the election? It doesn't matter. It really, it, you know what, if you're expecting politicians to fix your problem, you've got a problem. <laughs> I agree with you 100%. Totally. <laughs> I have right. no idea who's going to win. Not a clue. Let's talk about profits. All right. So in it, I've read the book Profit First. I know a lot of people have read the book and it's been a, it's a bestseller and it's, it's a very popular book. Why don't you give it just a two minute sort of uh, idea for those who haven't read it, what the book is all about? Because I, th I think it's a really powerful read. So Profit First is basically, it's the principles of paying yourself first, of giving every dollar a job and putting it in its place. So it's, it's nothing revolutionary. It's, it's just a very simple cash flow system where when money comes in, we allocate it to where it belongs. So you created a business plan. You said, well, my business is going it's, it's to have a 5% profit margin. Well, as soon as that dollar comes in, let's put it in the profit account. And you know you have to pay taxes, right? The government's going to take X amount. So when the money comes in, let's put it in the tax account. So when tax time comes, as much as we all hate paying taxes, the money's there. So it takes away all the anxiety and fear around what's going on. And you, the business owner, deserve to get paid. You started a business. You invested your time, your capital. Let's put money into your paycheck account so that you get paid first in a timely fashion. And then what's left is what's appropriate for spending. Too often what happens, you know, is you've got one bank account, you see all this money and you go, I can spend. And you're like, well, no, we've already allocated a bunch of that money. You've already spent it. It just hasn't come out of your account. But if you don't look at that and see that, then that's a problem. And, and this is all comes down to the underlying thing. Most business owners love what they do and they are not accountants, and they don't want to be accountants. They don't want to look at their financial statements. And the cool thing about this system is you don't have to do any of that. So it's forward-looking just like you, the entrepreneur, is, and it gives you a true picture of how much money you have to spend. It's a, it's a, a variation on that old-school household budgeting idea about using envelopes or jars to, to manage money, but applied to business. And um, when I read the book, I thought there were some really great takeaways from it, but one of the things that I kept being reminded of when I read the book is that oftentimes, even if you're fully fluent in understanding financial statements, there are liabilities and things that don't yet appear on your financial statement through the year. For example, you could, you could be having a really successful year 
And it isn't until the end of the year when you finalize your year and file your tax return that you find out what the income tax liability was for your business for that year. And so you can look at those statements all year long. It's not going to reveal some of these obligations that, that will be coming up in the future. And so this is where a system like this uh, is really powerful, isn't it? It is. It's, I've got my, most of the guys who are using this, when tax time comes, they stroke checks. And when I say stroke checks, I'm talking, I, one of the guys, uh, Mike, is in the um, recruiting business and he had a blowout year. And in the U.S., usually your accountants do your quarterlies based on last year. Well, his profits went way up. So they weren't keeping up. And then tax time comes, the accountant calls him and goes, I, I, I don't want to talk to you, but you owe almost six figures. And he goes, no problem, I'll stroke a check. And she's like, what? He's like, yeah, I set money aside for this. This is no big deal. And she was shocked because usually she gets screamed at. You know, nobody ever says, I'll, I'll drop off checks for six figures tomorrow. But that's well, what happens. And, and, and one of the reasons why people don't have the money available, of course, is because <clears throat> sometimes when business owners see a lot of cash in the bank account, they then feel, what, what do you call it? It's a wealth effect. I mean, they, they feel mm -hmm. as if they have all this money available to them. Um, I often warn people through my different courses and things that uh, businesses are asymmetrical systems where you could have a very small decline in revenue and a very large decline in profit. And of course, the opposite is true, which is what draws people into business ownership. So, you know, once your overheads are covered, you know, if you can increase that revenue, you can have an abnormal effect on profit. What you mentioned before the interview that you had a great story of a client you were working with recently. Why don't you tell us that story about uh, well, what happened in that case? So I've been working with this client for probably six months, not that long. And we've been working on implementing profit first and cutting costs. And we just looked this morning because I just wanted to congratulate him because he's been doing such a great job. And I looked at his revenue versus last year and his revenue is up 60%, which is phenomenal. His profit, however, is up 300%. And we're talking significant dollars. It's not like, oh, he made $1,000 last year and he made $3,000. We're talking lots and lots of money. His profit percentages are... Uh, I think we just set him up for like 30% profit. So he's, he's literally taking every allocation, 30% and putting it in his profit account, which is phenomenal to be able to do that. And he's paying himself and he's paying his expenses. But a big part of that is because he cuts spending. And that is the key. You really got to, business owners keep thinking, well, you got to spend money to make money. No, you don't. You don't always have to do that. Sure, there's appropriate times to spend, but too often we spend on vanity instead of on what really needs to be spent on. Well, it's, it's interesting because uh, one of the things out of the book, Profit First, that um, you and I have talked about before, um, and, and, and for those of you in the audience, Rocky was the special expert guest speaker in the Business Fire Adventure Group Coaching Program this month. Um, and one of the things we were talking about there is how you know, accountants define profit as revenue minus expenses equals profit. But, you know, any, you know, any kid doing uh, algebra or what, what do you call those equilateral equations or whatever, where you're bouncing across the equal sign, you can reformat that formula very easily, right? And, you, and, and how is it explained in the, in the profit book with the way that you guys like to say it? So it's sales profit minus profit, profit, profit equals expenses. And so yeah. what we do is... Literally, my, my clients look at their revenue account, the money that came in, 
And the first thing they do is say, what's my profit percentage? They take that and they immediately put it in their profit account. And they don't touch that account for business purposes. They use that account to either pay down debt if they're in a lot of debt, or they remove it from their company and they go enjoy life because you should be rewarded for what you're doing. Or they might invest it in another business or real estate or something else, but they take money out of the business and they use it somewhere else to grow revenue. And, and the, you know, really sometimes it is as easy as just not having access to the money because for those out there who've ever been involved in starting a business or, or getting something going with very limited resources, one of the things that you have to learn how to do is you have to learn how to be creative, to bootstrap, to do as much as you can with as little as possible. A lot of times when businesses are long established and have greater cash flow, people become comfortable. And if a problem can be solved easily by writing a check, that's often the first solution that people reach for because it's easy, right? You just, you just, you just pay. Whereas if you, if you squirrel that cash away and you're cognizant of the fact that you really shouldn't be reaching into that jar, uh, for, for whatever operating expense or overhead or something, you stop and you think, is there a better way for us to be doing this? It forces people to become more resourceful, doesn't it? It does. And so I have a saying, you don't need more resources. You need to be more resourceful. So if you take the time to stop, breathe, and think, you can find ways to get stuff done for a fraction of the cost. But it, it takes a moment to get out of working in the business and start working on your business. And most business owners are smart. They, they know how to do this stuff. The problem is we all get lazy, right? And it's like going to the gym. If I go to the gym and I've got a trainer, I'm going to work out harder. If I come home and somebody is managing my food, I'm going to eat better. And that's essentially what the system does is it puts the boundaries in to force you to do what you know you should do anyway, but we all just don't do it because we're human. <laughs> now, right now, you know, small business is struggling in a lot of different industrial categories, a lot of different you know, uh, uh, business types are out there having a hard time because of the pandemic and the lockdowns and the, and the lack of business. You know, businesses that once catered to the office crowd, for example, are having a hard time because the office crowd is all at home. And so what sort of uh, advice might you give from within the framework of Profit First to businesses out there that maybe have suffering a decline in revenue and they're worried about what may be coming next year? What sorts of things should they be thinking about? So the first thing I think is you have to reinvent your business. Right? Now, let's just take a classic example of a restaurant. If you're in the restaurant business and you're not allowed to seat people inside, well, you have two choices. You can either go out of business or figure out a different way. And so it's, it's about thinking, how do I change the way I do things? People haven't stopped eating, right? They still need to eat. So what can you do as a restaurant owner? Some, some of the stories we've been hearing is maybe you create a to-go kit that is set up and ready for them to go home and cook because some people might like to do that. And then you create YouTube videos. Hey, here's how we make this dish here in the restaurant. Here's all the ingredients. You can go home and cook it. And then for the, the other crowd, it's creating takeout, right? Say you don't want to cook it. You just want to enjoy it. Well, guess what? We'll set it up for takeout. It's reminding people though, that you are there, that you're available. Maybe it's, it's hooking up with, a lot of businesses don't have delivery services, but now there are so many online delivery services. Uh, 
DoorDash and Uber Eats and, and all these other companies. Maybe it's making that step to make sure that you're hooking up with those companies and you're making it easy for them. Then, of course, it's always promotion, right? Promote, promote, promote. Letting people know that you're open, letting people know that um, your food is there. And part of that is, you know, getting on Facebook and just doing Facebook lives for your audience and saying, hey, check out this wonderful dish and you make it look savory. And then everyone's watching it going, I want that. Next thing you know, they're ordering, right? And doing things. So you got to get out and try stuff. And I think the more you think about it, the more like photography. So a lot of photographers are struggling because they can't run their studios. It's, hey, why don't you create a course, show people or help people how to look better on Zoom, how to upgrade to their 1080p camera, how to, how to put it in the right place so that you look your best. You know, how do you create your, your background? Like everyone is still spending money. Money is still moving. The question is, is what can you pivot to to help money flow to you? And that's just, you just can't sit there and expect things to be the way they were yesterday because the world is changing at an ever fa- faster pace. And so you got to think through those things. You know, one of the, you know, you talk about restaurants as, a, as an example, and I think it's a great example because it, everyone has been to a restaurant. So we can all kind of imagine what, what the business is like and what problems those people are suffering through. The restaurant tours. Um, when the pandemic first hit, um, you know there was a great belief that this was a thing that was going to be over in, in a certain period of time. And, and now, as we've seen, it's dragging on. Uh, here, where I live, uh, a friend of mine's wife works for the federal government, and their office has decided going forward, even though they're having people come back to the office, they're not going to have more than a, a third of their employees in the office. And so, I immediately think about you know the businesses on the block that serve, you know, the people from that office home. What's going to happen with these guys? And I think that heading into 2021, someone like a restaurant who has tried to pivot a little bit to focus more on delivery rather than dining, et cetera, a lot of these people are going to have to start coming to the realization that big decisions have to be made. So, for example, if they can pivot to takeout, but they're still paying a huge overhead for this big dining room, at a certain point, the decision will have to be made, well, do we just move the kitchen someplace else? And do we need to have a dining room? And if we don't need to have a dining room, does that mean we can put our kitchen in a, in a much cheaper place? You know, could we run our kitchen from an industrial park instead of being on a prime commercial street? And so these are the kinds of out-of-the-box thinking that people need to engage in because everything is going to be changing. Uh, you know, I was talking the other day with someone who was just had just driven in, down in New York City was talking about the number of businesses that have closed. And it's really quite tragic. If people um, are still functioning in business, um, some of these profit first tactics I think could be useful. Essentially just getting a, a plan out there so you can realize if you're off track or not for the coming year. I think you're gonna have to pivot, you're gonna have to cut costs. Everything is on the table. Maybe you go back and you renegotiate rent. Um, all of these things are opportunities. And, and yeah, or maybe, you know, a lot of these companies still have budgets. They want their employees to feel good. Want to create an event for them. Say, hey, we're going to deliver food to all your employees so that you can have a joint lunch. Maybe it's on Zoom, but at least you're getting together or maybe creating a happy hour 
say, hey, we'll deliver so that you guys can have happy hour. Going to the companies and saying, you guys got to do something to boost morale. Your people are stuck at home. We can help you create a package, make it look enticing. The companies are willing to spend. And I, I think that's the biggest thing is I don't think spending has dropped that much. It's just shifted. And you've got to figure out how to better serve your customers in a way that they are comfortable with. So I've got some customers who are retailers and, and they're focusing. They're like, hey, if you don't want to come in our store, we'll bring it out to your car. You know, open your trunk and you don't even have to come in. Just tell us what you want. We'll, we'll change the way we do business to make it possible. And I think that's a big part of it is thinking about how are you going to pivot? Because uh, if you, you ask me who's going to win the election, I have no idea. If you ask me how long do I think COVID's going to be around, it would not surprise me if we have another 12 to 18 months before yeah. things get closer to normal or back to normal. And even once we get the all clear, people, people just don't change that quickly. So there's still going to be those people who are laggards. New habits take a while to form. And, and with the whole lockdown, new, new habits have been formed by, mm -hmm. by many people out there. Um, I, I was just actually noticing one of the big, uh, one of the big banks that we have around here is now forecasting that they don't think the, the pandemic induced recession is going to end down to the end of 2024 in, in their forecasting. So yeah, yeah, I know it's, it's going to be tough. And I just want to remind everyone out there that it doesn't mean surrendering because if you go and you just, uh, here's a fun exercise. If you Google found it in, 1938 or founded in 1937, you, you can uh, type that into Google and it will auto-populate or you can do searches for many firms that you would recognize that actually came out of the Great Depression. And I know the same thing can be said about the Great Recession that happened about 10 years ago. There are opportunities that are going to be happening here for, for all kinds of different reasons. Um, and so, yeah. So yeah, Rocky, uh, if people want to learn more about Profit First or learn more about how you work with people, what's the best way for people to find you? Uh, so if you're listening to podcasts, you can listen to me on Profit Answer Man, and that's on most podcast players. My website is profitcomesfirst.com. Those are probably the two best places to, to find me and to learn more. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining me and helping me test out my new camera. <laughs> great to talk to you as always. And, um, and we'll see you next time. Thanks. It was great to be here. All right. So listen, everyone who's watching, uh, if you haven't already, please head over to my website, davidcbarnett.com. There's a place there on the left where you can sign up for my email list and you just choose which topics that you're interested in. And it's a way to make sure that you never miss the release of any new videos and you find out all the different things that I've got going on. And with that, we'll see you later. Bye.